This is The Lonely Office, and this is your playbook for navigating the messy line between work and life. Our topics are sourced from real, anonymous workplace conversations happening within Glassdoor communities, from how to get fired the right way, I know about that, to whether HR is actually your friend. We discuss timely work-life issues so you don't have to brave the professional world alone. Hey, Matt, I have a confession. Let's hear it. I think unlimited PTO is a scam. Where do you get that from? So I was working for an agency, and when I remember in the job description, one of the things they were talking about, they were like, we have unlimited PTO. I was enamored. All I could do was think about unlimited PTO. I could do whatever I want. You want to take six months off? Go ahead. And I thought this company really has its shit together. Too good to be true. Yeah, it's too good to be true. When I started the first couple of weeks when I didn't need it, it was fine. But then something changed. Everybody else around me in the small company was taking a tremendous amount of time off. They were milking the unlimited PTO. Now I'm starting to get angry because people are doing what they were told to do. And then the worst part of it is when I went to go ask for time off, my boss would be like, a lot of people out. Now I have guilt. Now I have resentment. And now I'm not taking any vacation. I'm working longer and harder than I ever did in my entire life at a place that has unlimited PTO. And that is why I believe that it is a scam. Let me ask you really quick before we jump into this. At the end of the year, or at the time you got terminated or you chose to leave, did they pay you off for any of your PTO days? No. They didn't. And that, I no. think that's the crux of this, which we'll jump into, because it turns out that's where the scam... Now I'm even more angry. That, that's where the scam hinges on. <laughs> but hey, I think we have a, a really interesting guest joining us today, right? Yeah, I'm really happy to have her. She's awesome. Leia Ova, you have a rocking... TikTok account with hundreds of thousands of followers. You're a, I think by any standard, a bit of an influencer. You have this really cool thing going where it's working mother, but a lot of kind of the comedy of a working mother's life. And then you're a marketer advertiser as well. Glad to have you join us today. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Let me make what I was asking a little bit more fair and maybe not as accusatory and filled with vitriol. Let me just start with this. Instead of calling it a scam right away, which I still believe it's a scam, and you guys got to prove me otherwise, is unlimited PTO really designed for the employees, or is it really designed for the employer's benefit? I think there's an element where it's designed for the employee. You feel less micromanaged with unlimited PTO. And the flip side of that is that the company has to spend a lot less time managing it. There's time and there's software and all of these things that go into people recording days off that you don't have to deal with when you have unlimited PTO. But yeah, in a state like California, where I live, you have to pay people out if they don't use all of their vacation days when they resign or or let go or whatever it is. And you don't have to do that if you have unlimited PTO. Like It's crazy to me that all companies don't have unlimited PTO because it's really beneficial to the employer. And statistically, people take less vacation. So why wouldn't the employer do it? Right. What's interesting about that, Leah, is you're saying it's really beneficial to the employer, where it's yeah. it's crazy that all companies don't do this unless maybe they have the the interest of the employee at hand, right? That's what I'm saying. This so it can't be for the employee, right? It really is for the employer. There's stats out there that say, and I did it, like just experientially, I worked more and took less time off. I was the ideal candidate yeah. working twice as much for the salary I agreed to, carrying the load. Couldn't be better for him. Life is great. I'm surprised by your story that so many people were taking such long vacations. Because in my experience, when we went to unlimited PTO, 
It was like they were confused. They didn't want to be perceived as lazy. Right. I also think it's something that could only work in the United States as someone who's worked in Europe. <laughs> like, I think you could only get away with unlimited PTO here because people live to work in the United States. Whereas in Europe and France, they'd be like, that is great. I was already taking off August. I'm just going to add on September. <laughs> right. Yeah. I have a very strong point of view on this in the backdrop of what's kind of going on in the market right now. Tons of tech companies have announced layoffs, right? Microsoft, 6% of the workforce, 10,000 employees. I think Spotify just announced 6% of the workforce. And it's these same companies that are announcing layoffs that we all know, 2010 through 2020, there was like a bit of an arms war going on in terms of which one of them can offer more luxurious benefits to employees to recruit them in the first place. And now the other shoe's dropping and they're starting to lay off employees, which gets you wondering, well, geez, if you just drop some of these extravagant perks. But back to unlimited PTO, I believe it's a sham, straight and simple. <laughs> I think scam is too too harsh. The reason why I say it's sham is because it's sold in a way that doesn't represent, I think, the reality. If you go right now and look state by state, I think there are 25 states on record that are required to pay out unused PTO, paid time off upon termination. Depending upon the state, you're employed in or your company is headquartered in, there's legal liability for companies when they do offer PTO, paid time off in the essentially written contract or employer handbook. When time comes to terminate you or you walk away, they're legally liable in these 25 states to pay you off. What companies have recognized is that can get kind of expensive. And it sits on the book. Yeah, and it sits on the books. And there's a workaround. And that's what this is. I mean, the truth is it's a sham because really it's not a benefit. It's an accounting workaround. The workaround is, well, if you don't have a formal PTO policy that specifies the number of days, then employees can't technically save or accrue unlimited vacation time. How do you accrue unlimited vacation time? It's not technically feasible. So therefore, when it comes time to transition the company, or maybe the employer terminates you, the employer has no obligation to pay out extra hours of so-called productivity that maybe you had done because you didn't take that vacation time because the vacation time was unlimited to start. Mm. <laughs> and it's, so that's what I mean by sham. I don't mean to be aggressive. It, it is. It's marketed in a way that represents that, hey, this is in the exclusive or explicit interest of the employee, but it's totally an accounting workaround, plain and simple, if you're in one of those 25 states, that's why this unlimited PTO policy has been created. It's saving a tremendous amount of money for a lot of companies. Minority opinion. I think I'd still rather have a job with unlimited PTO than a job really? with traditional PTO. Yeah, because I'm going to take it. Okay. <laughs> like, you're one of those people at my job at the former place. I'm not, though, because I'm always going to be checking my email on vacation and I'm also that person. I'm not going to leave people hanging. But yeah, I would rather have the freedom to go and to be like, okay, I'm taking two, <laughs> taking two weeks for 4th of July and two weeks for Christmas and all of this thing. Right. I think it's because I worked in Europe early in my career and I'm married to European. I've taken on the European lifestyle. You're doing a siesta. Yeah. Yeah. You're taking a long lunch. We're taking three or four hours, letting the food digest. We're going back to work for a couple, then taking a stroll at 7 p.m. through the plaza. And yeah. maybe a little dessert at nine before we have our Wine coffee. at lunch, you know, I mean, all of it. Maybe it's the size of the team. Because I actually have a question for you as well, yeah. and Leah, but maybe it's the size of the team. Maybe it is an incident in which I was part of a small team. It was a fully remote experience, by the way, based in Ohio. So I don't think it was anything against the company because it was wonderful people and all that kind of stuff. But as far as 
the size of the team when you started having multiple people go on their European lifestyle trips. Next thing you right. know, the factory Cleveland yeah. guy, I'm clocking in at seven, I'm clocking out at 10, I'm walking away with the lunch yeah. pail and I'm feeling really outdated and really stressed. Does this mean, correct me here, help my Ohio brain kind of synthesize this, no matter what state you're in, if you have unlimited PTO, it just is what it is and they don't have to pay PTO out? Like, are you saying that there are states that are required to pay PTO out? Exactly. If you have a defined policy of two weeks vacation or three weeks paid time off, and in, you're in one of these 25 states, the company's legally accountable for paying you off for that time. And that's why companies have adopted this unlimited approach because they're no longer responsible for accruing and tracking this paid time off in a limited scenario because it's unlimited. And it occurs to me, I kind of do agree on the one hand with what Leia said at the very top, whereas if you're a company, like let's put aside the employee perspective here. If you're a company and you do believe you could put the wool over the sheep's eyes, then there's really no reason for you not to implement this. I'll go on record saying that as a startup, over the course of the two or three startups I've started, particularly in the last one, we did apply an unlimited PTO. And you know, when we looked at the kind of the red tape and the details, what we recognize is that you do have to be upfront with the employee a bit in the employee handbook, but which employee reads their employee handbook, right? I've never done it. For the purpose of this show, I just went back over our employee handbook and I saw all the contingencies and conditions we placed on the unlimited PTO, right? So like, first of all, we say explicitly, instead of accruing and tracking vacation time, you will plan the vacation time you would like to take off with your supervisor and team. That immediately means that as a company, we're no longer liable for paying it. The other thing is having several teammates out during the same week would be difficult if there were a known critical event. Therefore, you know, your unlimited paid time off is conditional upon supervisor's approval and business needs, yada, 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 yada. Read down the handbook and we're an unsophisticated startup putting in all these conditions. I guarantee you these other companies are putting in similar conditions as well. This is such a shit show. <laughs> it's just like a redlined legal you know, minefield of conditionalities and contingencies where the companies say, well, actually, you don't technically qualify because you didn't read for a in the employee handbook, right? It's the employer's dream, honestly. My experience actually has been opposite yours, Leah, where like employees of ours, we saw were less likely to take it off. We actually had to yeah. encourage them and remind them. It's like, look, you're almost the end of the year. You've only taken a week and a half off. No, that's the same with my team, reminding them that they need to take vacation. Really? Not me personally, but with, <laughs> with people that, and I'm also <laughs> speaking with a friend who was really annoyed with her unlimited PTO just a few weeks ago because they instituted a rule basically expanding the definition of what their team was and not being off at the same time as your team. So instead of it being like, you know, an advertising of a core team working on a, you know, let's say I'm working on Kellogg's cornflakes or whatever, but instead they were like the entire account management department. So no account managers can be off at the same time, which is clearly a way for them to keep people from using their limited PTO. Is it worth mentioning? We talked a bit, Aaron, about like the backdrop here, the layoffs happening. The presumption is with the layoffs happening, then companies, in addition to layoffs, may start removing these fringe benefits or eliminating them for employees. And if I'm an employee, and we can get through a second, like at some of the extravagant 
perks and fringe benefits that a lot of companies have offered in the past that may be on the table. Like this is the first one I was like, yeah, take this away. I don't want this. Yeah, I think it all stems from the fact that this is like just an, it's not true. Language is so important. So when you say unlimited, what you were talking about, it's really an asterisk. I mean, it really isn't unlimited. It's actually relatively unlimited or limited or just vacation time that we put some constrictions on but is more than other places. Like, right? So there's like all of these yeah. kind of mental gymnastics. I just, I get it. I get it as a way to attract employees. By the way, for everybody out there, I know you're waiting with bated breath to know, but Ohio does not legally require employers to provide paid time off. So this is a perfect storm for this agency I was with. Of course, this is amazing because now they're not required to do it and you got people working longer hours for more. I think that is what you see. And there's some people just psychologically who will take more and feel like, no, actually, like it's important to have this. And there's other people, probably like myself, I've discovered now is I clearly am like a people pleaser. Like I probably should have been like, no, I'm going to advocate for myself and take time off, but I didn't want to drop the ball. And I think that maybe there's something in my theory about the scam that they know this. They know there's a lot of people who are just going to beat themselves into the ground and at the end of the day, just chuck them out in the back like a circus animal. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so right. before we get to the extravagant perks, I do have a question for both of you. I found this on Fishbowl and it's a really pointed question. So Leia, I think I know what your perspective is, but see if this changes your mind. It says, would you rather have 125K salary with unlimited sick time and PTO, four-week minimum, or 155K salary with only three weeks for both. And now here's the caveat. Both are fully on site. No fucking brainer. <laughs> well, I have a couple of answers here. One person said unlimited PTO is the dream for children. Yeah. In reality, it's not all you think it's cracked up to be. I take the 155 Yes. That's glorious. And then the other person says, unlimited PTO, 125K gig, and literally take every day off. <laughs> so what do you guys think? Oh my gosh. I feel like I was going to go with the one, the 125 with unlimited PTO, but now I've kind of talked myself in the course of this conversation right. out of it. What makes me nervous about the three weeks, including sick days, is obviously if it's fully on site, what am I going to do if I have to stay at home with a kid? Who's sick? Hmm. Like, I don't know. But see, I don't, it makes me, makes me nervous. Yeah. I know that's not the conversation, but when you just said it's a dream for kids, I'm like, it is a dream to be able to work remotely when you have a sick kid in the other room. Mm. But that was not the question. It's a dream. <laughs> it's never going to be actualized. Some dreams come true, Matt. No, this one doesn't. Okay. What? <laughs> Take the money and run. It's a dream killer. <laughs> hey, so, you know, we had a second go. I, I read you like the scrappy employee handbook of a startup at the time that was, again, where we were 10 employees. If you're a company, a thousand plus, it looks like this poster you're reading is L3 Harris Technologies. By the way, I think we should, you know, name off the companies if the poster is public with it. I, I probably should, sorry. So L3 Harris Technologies, this one's for you. <laughs> but like the employee handbook of a L3 Harris Technology, I'm sure it's far more sophisticated than scrappy startups. And like, if you read Redline Language there once more, there's gonna be all these stipulations, no more than two people from the entire account management team of 500 people can be out at the same time, like whatever it is, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, take the 155K, that's a, a 30K premium and run and you get three weeks. And guess what? If you don't use those three weeks in the other scenario, you get you have to get paid out for them, assuming you're one of those 25 states. I think this is a no brainer. So you're taking the 155K. I mean, my mind also immediately goes to what are the titles? Is one of these jobs at a scrappy startup where you're going to, where they're going to work you to the bone? Or is it like, I don't know, some bureaucratic 
parks and recreation job where you can just oh, sit man. there and you're, live you're, your best life. I don't know. I've never even worked for the state, but I, I hear it's great. <laughs> no. Yeah, you're right on that, on the, the Scrappy Star Works for You Bone, because that's what they do. Every interview I've ever had with a startup, they're like, how do you feel about like working at the startup and being miserable? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't feel great about that. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you for sharing. You're right. This is not for me. No, you're so right on that. There's way too many of these kind of entitled founders who raise the money and they're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to do the Elon Musk thing where it's like, are you hardcore enough? They throw out these crazy scenarios where it's like they want you to filter yourself out of the pool. The problem is that they don't know is like you're left with a handful of candidates when you do that, I mean, who wants to be told that day zero, you haven't even started yet, that like you're going to be miserable on this job? There's a project manager in the comments that maybe found a solution or something I should have done. Wanted to get your take, Matt, as an operator here. He said, hey, unlimited PTO might be a scam. He's acknowledging this scam, not a sham. Right. Unlimited PTO might be a scam, but so is 15 days of time off. I use that just for summers. Give me the 125 and you better believe I'm taking 20 to 25 days off. I mean, for your workforce, if you got people doing that in mass, what's happening? Is anybody, is anybody working, by the way? <laughs> He's forgetting the five, six days and, and you know, the remote, there's some value put to like, you get to work from home now, assuming this is a desk job. But does that person, Matt, that says they're not only going to take that, but they're going to squeeze it for all it's worth. One, they have the right to do it because you presented it that way. But could there be a backlash? Leah, you were saying like it's a great strategy. So did you, Matt. Like it's a great strategy for the employer. But is there, can you foresee it? Have you experienced where it actually is a backlash? Like, oh shit, now no one's working? I think the backlash actually happens in the opposite direction. So it's less okay. about no one's working with the unlimited PTO. Meaning if the CEO or the operators or the GMs or whatever they are, if they're not seen being taking vacation, the reports aren't taking it. And yeah, they're burning out, right? Look, if you're trying to build a healthy culture, at the end of the day, the stuff almost goes unsaid. My experience with healthy cultures, there's work to be done and you're welcome to take a week to two week to three week to, you know, whatever you want to take off. Mm -hmm. Empower your reports beneath you to do the work while you're gone. And in my experience, the folks that get in trouble with this are the managers who over micromanage, never learn to empower the reports because they feel threatened. Yeah. You know, like they're territorial and they're trying to like, you know, I hate these types, but like, they're like these cogs in these big corporations who've been guarding their code base if they're an engineer, have been guarding their keys to the marketing strategy that nobody else knows. Those people get in trouble because you've invested zero time in your report to essentially do this work. Whereas the opposites have no problem. Like, yeah, they take two weeks off and running the business is, it hums, it goes just fine with the reports filling in. For all intents and purposes, the healthy work companies' cultures kind of have that going for them. It's like there's nothing explicit about, hey, you take four weeks or three weeks on limited PTO. It's like, hey, you take what you need to take and you develop a healthy team where people can fill in. And if you can't do that, then it's not a healthy culture. Yeah. All jokes aside, that is something that I keep in mind and also remind my husband of a lot. Like if I'm not taking vacation then the people who work with me aren't going to feel like they can take days off or have a life outside of work or clock out. And I'm sure a lot of people do this. But if I'm responding to an email at 10 p.m., which maybe I'm responding because I've gone and picked up my kids and made dinner and whatever, and that's just when I get back on my computer, I will often schedule it to go out the next morning just so that the people, the 23-year-old who's working under me doesn't feel like they need to then respond at 10, 11 p.m. Because they don't. I mean, we're making banner ads. It's not Right. It's not life-saving surgery or anything like that. But I feel like if I'm taking vacation, it's setting a good example. And then the people who work with me always know if they need something, if it's urgent, people reach out to me even after I've quit a job. 
Well, unlimited PTO, it's positioned as a carrot. It's actually positioned as a perk. But Matt, I'm going to be honest, until we started kind of diving into the research behind this episode today, I had no idea the level of perks that are out there, the excessive nature of some perks. For me, a perk is like, get some time off during the year, and maybe there's a cafeteria for me to get something to eat. There's shelter and some warmth. There is this video that Matt shared on TikTok, and essentially went through some of, like, I think it was Google's perks for the employees. There are things here that I can't even imagine. I want to ask, though, both of you, what's the most excessive perk you've ever had at a company? Or you're like me, you're like, a oh, cafeteria and some hash browns. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked at advertising agencies, so it's not the perks. It's not Google and Facebook or Meta. We had a bar downstairs that was also a coffee bar during the day in London. And the beers were one pound or 50 cents, all the alcohol was. So it was like subsidized and you could go work in the bar and you could get paid extra to work at the bar, which is, again, something you would only do in your <laughs> beginning of your career. And we had, like, had beer on tap at my last agency and like a pool table and that kind of thing. I mean, it's more the creatives that take advantage of those kind of like party at work. But Matt, no, seriously, for you, I know you've been an entrepreneur for a while, and I know you've worked to yourself for a while. And for me, last two or three years, I've been on my own. So that's a perk in itself, to be honest, for me, to be an entrepreneur. Right. There's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of difficult times. But the perk is, I'm my own boss. So to me, that's the Your ultimate perk. But for totally. you, honestly, have you had like five-star meals on tap? I think the most extravagant, I'm dating myself a bit here, extravagant perks were actually like my first job out of college before I kind of went down the tech route and did my own business thing. I did work for like a, a small stint for a bank, kind of invest bank for a while. And they gave like us tremendous allowances for dinners, words of $100, I think. If you get $100 as a, like a 22-year-old a to buy yourself some extravagant dinner, I mean, that just seems to me a tremendous perk. They used to do our laundry, like pay for our laundry, dry cleaning. That seems to me pretty extravagant. You know, the first thing I had to learn go to college is do my own laundry. And here I am being coddled again, corporate mom, right? <laughs> like that's literally what happened. It's like, wait, oh, so I don't have to learn these skills. I get to be coddled again for another few years. Those were probably the most extravagant in my experience. That Ken guy on TikTok, he went through those tech perks you're talking about. I mean, we're talking like massages, free gourmet meals. Oh, I've had massages at three different companies. Oh, actually. really? Oh, I didn't well, even leave it as a typical advertising thing. I don't know. Not like, Is you're it? not like stripping down. <laughs> But it's like a chair massage. Sometimes it has been subsidized and sometimes not. Like 10 bucks. Wait, or... are these being conducted like in mid-work stream? So you're in the chair, it's on <laughs> demand, and they come like, no, I'm serious. I have no idea how I've does that work. I've heard of it happening that way. Hadn't even thought about this. this is, yeah, but no, typically it's like, you know, you pick whatever meeting room doesn't have windows, and that's like the massage room. And then you just sign up. Right. And then there's also an element of that, though, where like, You've got people who are always like, I'm just too busy. I could never take 30 minutes out of my day. Who are just proving right. that they've got too much going on to ever take 30 minutes to do that. But all of, maybe not the massages, but I think what you just <laughs> listed, Matt, and a lot of the things that, I've, that I saw, because I've gone to the Google offices and the meta offices, and you're talking about doing laundry there. They've got like a hair salon, all right. of the meals there. Right. It's a way to keep you there. Like, why would you leave? Is. You've got all of these perks there. It's wonderful there. Why would you leave until you're working? It's the Hotel you know, California. Hours. Like, even the bus is there where they've got Wi-Fi. So you can take the bus from San Francisco down to Mountain View or Menlo Park or wherever you're going. And they all work on the bus. It's just another 
way to yeah. keep you efficient. Yeah, what's interesting though, like these are all on the chopping block now. I do think a lot of the arms race for these fringe benefits, offering great fringe benefits employees started with big tech. I remember explicitly when Google went public and Larry Page and Sergey published like the prospectus, their shareholders letter on it. They explicitly said they're committed to providing benefits that can save employees considerable time and improve their health and productivity. What they really mean is like, we're committed to providing benefits that keep in the office 24-7, right? Like I think to Leah's point, like that's that's really what they meant by that. And ever since then, this was 2004, right? We're almost like two decades later, true to form, Google and its ilk, whether it's the in-house massages, dry cleaning, free gourmet meals, you know, anybody who's been to the Google cafeteria recognizes that that's not your typical grade school cafeteria. It's not bread and butter or hash browns, right? Like it's not Aaron's perk. It's not Aaron's hash browns. <laughs> it's no, not hush like, puppies with some fried fish on a Friday. Sounds amazing, though. No, they're tremendous. These are gourmet meals. And so I think what's interesting, though, now, again, back to like kind of the current market place, like what's going on, like these are all on the chopping block. These perks are going to be looked at and, and scrutinized in detail. And I guess what we're learning from the show, if nothing else, is take away everything, but not the massages. I think you're going to get a revolt if you yeah, think. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> So, you know, what's interesting is, so we talk about these level of perks. I, I know we keep coming back to this sort of geographical thing, like California, New York, Midwest. It just may have been my bad luck that I never went to places that had like these really extreme perks. And maybe culturally we're influenced by that, you know, the tech space and you hear about these things and then maybe other companies are trying to like compete with that, even in different markets and different geographies. I've heard a lot of people complain things being chopped off. But now they're talking about like, well, you like said, massages or the food. And it's almost like, have those folks lost reality in the sense like, when did perks become entitlements? Mm. And I know that's a loaded word. What I'm saying is I've never through my personal experience ever could think that gourmet food in the morning at the place where I work would be something that's just a normal thing. I, I could never come out of that dream. This is Willy Wonka's candy factory. This is incredible. But there are some folks who, in some of the comments and really on, and, on social media, who are they're talking about like, oh, they're taking away these essential pieces. I mean, it's obviously not essential. I think if it's something, though, that they've pitched to you really heavily when they're recruiting you for the job. It's a great point. And you've accounted for it. You know, it's like if all of a sudden you not the same as health insurance. But like when you look at a package, you're looking at, you know, time off, how much you're being paid, your benefits. And I think... You're not going to have to pay for breakfast for the next foreseeable future is one of the things that people consider a benefit. So I think in that respect, they're like, oh, well, you're taking away something that you promised to me. But yeah, obviously you don't need, I don't know, the arcade at Meta <laughs> as part of your everyday essential life or whatever it is. The arcade was cool. Leah, when you said expectations, right? I'd imagine on a broader government level, geez, like Medicare, all these entitlement programs that we as public citizens kind of buy into, right, through our wages, we feel entitled to them partially because we pay for them, mm -hmm. but also because of just expectations. It's They've been on the docket for decades. What's interesting here is another way to look at this is, okay, we've had two decades of these perks, maybe for the psychology to settle in that like, yeah, if you take away my massages, I'm going to revolt because it's just we're so used to it. We've had two years of this work from home, and it didn't need two decades. It just needed two years, apparently, to get the same psychology, right? People yeah. are not happy 
being asked to go back to work in a any kind of like formal nine to five FaceTime way. I, I think there's a compromise here. We've talked about in other shows where it's like hybrid and or I'll go to work when it serves a purpose, but I'm not going to do the FaceTime thing. I want to do the productivity thing. But it only took two years, right? It took two years of this pandemic for us to now have the expectation from our employers. There's that Nick Bloom study from Stanford, right, Aaron? Yeah. What it concluded was that there's an amenity value for remote work, like an actual dollar sum for remote work that the working population puts on, a price they put. And it turns out it's around 7% of your pay. So if you're making $150,000 or more, working remotely is worth $10,000. You would take up to $140,000, $10,000 less if you're given the opportunity to work remotely. And it just goes to show how important it is for people. And, and it's very top of mind. And so that question you asked us is like, okay, would you do this? If you get unlimited PTO, the new version of that question is like a configuration of, hey, you have the opportunity to do hybrid 50%, unlimited PTO. There's like five variables now that you compute into this equation and everybody is going to have a different say. And employers now have to wrestle with these four or five variables in getting people to sign up. Diving into the nuance of this here and what Leia said is the expectation piece of it. So that resonated with me. Sort of kidding aside, maybe there are some people who are like, it's totally normal to have massages and gourmet meals. And then at some point I'll work during the day while you pay my salary. But I agree with you where I think coming full circle to the story at the beginning, it's just expectation, right? And it's how it's presented, which is if it's unlimited paid time off, there's this thought that maybe you don't go in and squeeze it for all it's worth. But I think the nuance here, Matt, I want to point to really quick about the remote work facet of it. See, I think what was revealed was that remote work isn't a perk. It's a possibility. And I think there's a difference because I think a massage is something that adds to your physical, mental well-being. To me, remote work is just not only a possibility, but it's something that people have come to realize, wait a second, I can do this same job in this way. And so, yeah, I don't want to come back to the office because and it's not a perk. The operative word there was to you. I mean, tell that to Jamie Dimon at Chase, right? Tell that to all the big, massive employers, corporations, iconic CEOs. Are, they still view it as a perk. They're viewing it as a perk. It's like, hey, get your ass in an office. Taking it back to staying home with a sick kid. Used to do that. You say, I'm a sick kid, you take care of the kid, and then you go into work the next day. Now it's like, well, we're assuming you're just going to be on calls, right? Because you're not the one who's sick. Or you're on vacation, but we've got this really important call. Surely you can call in from Orlando. <laughs> Surely. You could, I love that. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Do you both think that it's a perk? And this is not a judgment. I'm just saying like your perspective. For me, again, it's a revelation. And I think the the cat's out of the bag. I think most right. employees know like, no, we can be more efficient in general. We can do relatively the same thing. It's not a massage. It's not a bus ride to an amusement park or playing ping pong with your friends between marketing campaign meetings. It doesn't feel that way to me. I don't know about you both. Yeah. Well, I mean, with this stuff, I'm always tempted to just draw a line between and find the compromise. To me, the compromise here is maybe a terrible metaphor, but like driving isn't a right. It's a privilege. We were taught that as teens and you got to take the certification exams, all that stuff, driving exam. If I'm an operator creating a new company as a startup, I am a little concerned if the expectations out of the gate is like, I get to work from home full stop. Do you know how to do that effectively? <laughs> do you know how to work from home effectively? Because not everybody can do that, right? Yeah. Like the compromise here is like maybe it is a bit of an earned privilege or earned entitlement where you're productive, you have good performance reviews, then yeah, you get to work from home and that's great. That compromise may be a bit of safer 
if I'm putting on my employer operator hat a bit to make sure that productivity is still there. Leah, if you're running a company, do you do a remote assessment? You take a week and I need you to show me that when you're working from home, you could actually work from home. Is it something that you would implement or is it just a way of working now? There was already conversation about working remotely before COVID at my company. And I definitely had different experiences with different employees <laughs> where, you know, you've got so? one person who was working remotely while in a ski resort area because she really wanted to take a longer break, but was on every call, work ski till 9 so a.m. Do the whole thing and then go whatever. And it was totally fine. And then you have another person who's on the East Coast and was late to a 9 a.m. meeting, which is noon. But yeah, I mean, definitely people who can handle it. I don't know. I also struggle generally with being micromanaged and I hate micromanaging people. So yeah. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt until they sort of prove otherwise. When you mentioned the whole skiing thing, my mind immediately went to, we have, we have a few engineers who are really productive, so I'm not going to hold it against them, but they occasionally will dial into the Zoom and it's like they're on some beachfront. <laughs> like, and you can see all the other employees eyes enviously <laughs> like, oh my goodness. But guess what? They're productive. They're doing what they need to do. Software engineers that I've worked for have been really annoyed that they were previously required to come into the office and they found the ad agency with the massages and the <laughs> beer on tap and all that super distracting and annoying. And they they were like, why are you making us come in here? It's not helping us do our work. I know for me, even if it's remote, I need a separation. Maybe that's a personal thing. For me, all I could worry about when I'm on the beach is like, are people thinking I'm not working? Like when they see me at the ski resort, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, all they see is me with a sweater and some hot cocoa and people slaloming down the hills. So I think it's a lot, it, each individual handles it differently. Yeah. I agree with you, though I'm not good at it. But I think we're all really influenced by the first couple of places, like how we started our careers. And I'm really interested to see people who started their careers working remotely. I know working with people who started their careers at, say, Google, their expectations. I mean, it's rough. It's rough for them to leave that <sighs> bubble. Working with someone who was working at Tesla, though, everything's great for them. They love it. They're like, oh, my God, this is like a normal place to be. I would yeah. do anything for you. I hate to be the company like the rebound for the Google employee. <laughs> <laughs> and since right out of college, too, they haven't had other. Some of some people haven't experienced the workforce in any other way. You end up going to that amusement park after college. Let me tell you something. I am an ideal employee. Listen, I'm an entrepreneur, but let's just pretend I wanted to go back into the regular workforce. I'll tell you what, I'm the perfect person. You start cutting those perks, you start cutting whatever. I'm putting hash browns in my pocket in the cafeteria. You want to talk about expectations? You bring, you give me a warm building and some kindness. I'm going to work for you 80 hours a week. Matt, don't take that literally. I'm just saying, <laughs> right? So, hey, full circle, I guess we've tackled a little bit, but let me see if I can get some final thoughts from both of you. So final take, is unlimited PTO a scam or was the story I told at the beginning, my personal experience, just more of an isolated incident? I'll stick to it. It's a sham, not a scam. I think scam has some like connotation of like fraud or whatnot. Like there's no fraud going on here. Companies are playing by the rules, right? Accounting, but it's a sham because it's, it's a marketing trick, right? I think it's disingenuous for companies to sell it the way they're selling it or they've sold it. And then also, players are being a little naive for interpreting it the way they're interpreting it. So maybe you can be all the wiser after the show. 
Leah, final thought? I agree with Matt. But also, if a company really wants to implement unlimited PTO and do it the right way, I mean, it's it's more than just putting it on the books and letting everyone know you've got to encourage managers to take their time and to encourage their employees to take the time. Because if you take vacation and you balance mental health, you're going to do better work. You're going to be recharged as opposed to someone who's, you know, pulling an errand and just doing everyone's job. I mean... All it takes is hash browns. Stuffing his pockets with hash browns and going home to Ohio. I mean, just, nobody wants that. Hey, it's the gateway to the Midwest. I'll end with this. Matt, you said sham. The definition of a sham is a thing that is not what it is purported to be. There you go. Yeah. And right. I think that's synonymous with unlimited PTO. Full stop. Full stop. Yeah. And we even convinced Leah. So I think you kind of started on the other side of the spectrum. We slowly got you towards our, our end. It's true. You, you've shifted me over a little bit. I'm an eternal optimist. Hey, you made it. Thanks for tuning in to The Lonely Office. If you like what you heard, follow us on all major podcast platforms so you don't miss an episode. And make sure and tap five stars and leave a review. I know everyone says it, but it actually helps others like you discover the show. Remember, the topics you hear us talk about on the show are sourced from Glassdoor communities, where professionals are having candid conversations about their careers anonymously with others in their industry. To be part of that conversation, download the Glassdoor app. And when you're in the app, make sure and join the Lonely Office Bowl. That's where we are. When you're there, you can suggest a topic idea or an episode idea, or you can make it more formal and email us at thelonelyoffice at glassdoor.com. We'll catch you next time. 